Hey friend, welcome to Pursuing Goals God's Way. Have you thought about finally starting that business now that your kids are older? Do you ever stay awake wondering how to mesh your passions into purposeful work? Do you have big, ambitious goals but feel overwhelmed or even unqualified to pursue them? Hey, I'm Gabe. Not too long ago, I longed for the confidence to start an online business. I just wanted to make a difference outside my home bubble using my gifts. But I kept telling myself that I wasn't good enough, I didn't know enough, and I didn't have enough time until I realized something huge. My kids need me to be their example and they need to see me win. And yours do too. In this podcast, you will learn how to clarify your goals, plan with purpose, and ditch your distractions. If you're ready to make an impact and an income, all for the glory of God, then you're in the right place. As an avid runner, I believe life is one massive marathon. It's up to you to run your own race and to finish it well. So lace up those running shoes, pop in your earbuds, and let's do this thing. Hey friend, welcome back to Pursuing Goals God's Way. I'm so glad you're hanging out with me today because in this episode, we are discussing the topic of godly desires versus worldly desires and how to know if you are on the right path toward fulfilling your purpose. We will explore the five keys to discerning God's will for your life and provide practical tips for implementing these keys into your everyday life. I hope that this episode will encourage you to reflect on your desires and seek God's guidance as you pursue your passions and purpose. Now, before we get into this, I'm going to share a little bit of a personal story. So I want to talk a little bit about something that happened in my past based on godly desires versus worldly desires. Now, this is kind of a little bit off topic of business or anything like that. But when I was in college, I actually, it's it's a funny story. So my husband and I, um, we were friends in high school and we both uh, led in a ministry. We were a part of a ministry called Student Venture in high school. And then in college, we helped with different conferences and things. So we found ourselves in Colorado every summer helping with this big conference. Super fun. I was the MC, So I got to be in front and make a fool of myself and introduce the speakers and all that. So um, I feel like I missed my calling there because that would be something super fun to do. Um, I still think about it. But anyway, that's kind of besides the point. So one thing when I was a, let's say summer of my freshman year of college, uh, we were at this conference and um, we hung out as friends and all that. And he asked me if I would date, if I wanted to date him. And I was like, "Mm, nope, I don't like you (laughs) like that. And I actually have my eye on someone else at school. I was in Texas for school. He was in Minnesota. Um, And so I was like, yeah, that's just not going to work. And I don't like you more than a friend and all the things. Okay. So I was definitely seeking out worldly desires at that time. Um, thinking I was going to uh, go to school. Well, actually, I really didn't have an interest in getting married. And, you know, I wanted to be independent for a while. But I was like, if I do, I'm going to find a cowboy and I'm going to marry a Texan because I like their accents and all things. You know, it's just like totally fleshly, right? I was thinking about all the flesh type of things. But um, come the middle of my junior year, I was helping at a conference in Minnesota. and I. I'm telling you, I clearly heard God. I mean, it wasn't vocal, but he did say, you're going to marry Josh. And I was like, oh, no, 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 God, that's not my desire. I don't desire that. I don't have any feelings for him. (laughs) And, um, but after that time, God slowly changed my heart and I started feeling an attraction and um, thought of him as more than a friend. 
And it wasn't that much longer that we started dating um, about a month or so later because he was willing to ask me again. I don't know how he stayed so persistent, but he did. And five months later, we were engaged. And exactly a year after we started dating, we were married. So it was super fast. And it was not my timing. It was not my plan because I was so content being single. I thought I was going to stay independent, move to Chicago or New York, start my broadcasting career and all of the things. But those were my worldly desires. And I wanted those things. One, I was good at it. I had a talent for it. Um, I have a talent for speaking and writing and whatnot. But I also felt like the worldly desire of accolades. And I wanted to be on TV and I wanted people to recognize my name and all that. And so I was going into it more maybe for selfish desires than for what kind of an impact I could have. Granted, I still had that in the back of my mind that I wanted to make an impact and I wanted to be positive and all the things. But anyway, long story short, God changed my heart and my desires, his desires became my desires. And looking back, I see those thin threads all over in my life, whether it's just who I was going to marry or um, even in business. But that's that's a story to set this up. Um, because if I would have gone with my fleshly desires or my worldly desires, I might have decided to be unequally yoked or, you know, life would have looked a lot differently. And so I think it's really important for us to understand the differences between godly desires and worldly desires, especially as we move into the online space. Godly desires are those that align with God's will and are in line with his values and principles. So they involve really seeking to honor God, serving others, and living a life of purpose and meaning. And these desires are really motivated by a desire to glorify God and make a positive impact on the world. Godly desires lead to inner peace and joy. And that's one thing I did find when I did decide, or I guess I didn't really decide, God decided for me, but when I was willing to just let down my guard and say, okay, I know you know what's best for me. I had an inner peace and he filled me with the joy that I was longing for. And he filled me with um, this excitement for what was next, right? In marriage. So now worldly desires, on the other hand, are those that are driven by selfish motives, um, you know, such as the desire for power, for money, for fame, for pleasure. They involve seeking to fulfill your own desires and interests at the expense of others or living a life that is just not in line with God's will and values. Worldly desires are often fleeting and can lead to dissatisfaction and emptiness. I know more than not when I let my flesh win and I gave in to worldly desires, I never felt joy or peace. I always felt empty. I'm not sure. I'm guessing you were probably kind of the same. You know, you kind of can tell if it was a godly desire or a worldly desire because of how you feel afterward. So here are five key differences between the two types of desires. Motivation is number one. Godly desires are motivated by love, compassion, and a desire to serve others, while worldly desires are often motivated by selfishness, greed, or a desire for personal gain. Now, I'm not saying that you can't earn money or wealth or whatnot um, with outside of godly desires, right? I think that sometimes godly desires do lead to wealth, but it's not the motivation, right? Our motivation is to serve more than to gain. Um, secondly, focus. Godly desires are focused on eternal values and the well-being of others, while worldly desires are focused on temporary pleasures and material possessions. How about um, a source of fulfillment? 
Godly desires are ultimately fulfilled in a relationship with God and a sense of purpose in serving Him. While worldly desires may provide temporary pleasure or fulfillment, but they ultimately will lead us to feeling empty. We will not feel fulfilled. We'll always feel like something's missing. How about conformity to God's will? Godly desires align with God's will are in line with his character and his commands. While worldly desires may go against God's will and lead us down a path of disobedience. How about about impact on others? And this is an important one, especially for me and this podcast. Godly desires seek to benefit and bless others, while worldly desires may harm or exploit others for personal gain. One thing that I want to make sure of is that I'm having a positive impact and that what I'm doing will help elevate others and not push them further down. And that's something, I mean, when I was going into broadcast, when I, that was my kind of worldly goal, right, um, was to be the next uh, Katie Couric. <laughs> you guys probably have no idea who that is because she's in Minnesota. Uh, she comes from Minnesota. She was on the Today Show. But she was also like Miss America. I didn't want to be a Miss America, but she was. And then she went into broadcast. But she was my, um, I, if you go quote unquote idol in high school and who I wanted to aspire to be. But it wasn't really just to be a positive impact. Yes, I wanted to have positive impact in the workplace and in the marketplace and in broadcast. But it was more for what it would do for me than what it would do for others or what it would do um, to glorify God. So I would love for you to take a self-assessment right now. Where do you fall on the spectrum? Do you see any areas of growth that you could work on this week? So here are some examples of godly desires and worldly desires. Um, godly desires are, one, helping others. Desiring to serve and help others, especially the less fortunate and marginalized, that's a godly desire. Two, how about developing virtues? Desiring to cultivate virtues such as love and compassion, humility, and honesty, that's a godly desire. Um, pursuing justice, desiring to promote fairness and equality and to address social injustices, those are godly desires. Now, I could go on a bandwagon about this. I'm not going to go on this topic because I think some people actually abuse it and this becomes worldly, but justice actually does matter. Um, you know, if somebody does something wrong, there are consequences, right? But we also want to be fair and um, provide equality as much as possible. How about growing in faith? Desiring to grow spiritually, deepening our faith, drawing closer to God. This is a godly desire. Spreading love. Desiring to spread love instead of hate, kindness, and goodwill toward others. This is a godly desire. Now, when I say spread love, I don't mean um, not sharing truth. That's not what I mean. We can share truth in love. We need to still stand in God's wills and values, but we can be loving to others. How about living a purposeful life? Desiring to live a meaningful and purposeful life, making a positive impact on the world and fulfilling your calling is a godly desire. All right, let's talk about some examples of worldly desires. Worldly desires are often centered around material possessions, power, fame, wealth. We talked about that already. How about number one, a worldly desire is to pursue wealth and material possessions above all else. I mean, we are supposed to seek God's kingdom first and foremost and seek eternal lasting things. Um, so again, wealth isn't bad, but the love of wealth can be. Um, seeking power and control over others, craving attention, fame, and recognition. 
That's where I was. I craved that. I wanted that for a long time. How about engaging in excessive or unhealthy behaviors for pleasure, like substance abuse, promiscuity, I can almost not say that word, Um, those kinds of things. Being envious or jealous of others' success or possessions. Comparison is a real, real game, and jealousy can be a part of that. Prioritizing personal gain over the well-being of others. How about holding grudges and seeking revenge? Do you kind of see the difference in godly desires and worldly desires as this starting to make sense? But what can this look like in business? Can building an online business be a godly desire? Of course it can. Here's the cool part. God designed us to work. I'm reading a devotional right now called The Word Before Work by Jordan Rayner. And honestly, on a personal level, I would love to have him on the show sometime to talk deeper about this. But he's really dove into the topic of work and found out a few things. He says, God himself worked, Genesis 2, 8, Mark 6, 3. The work we do as an entrepreneur, manager, janitor, mom, all our work matters, even when we're not sharing the gospel. Work in the church is not the only work that matters. What you do on a daily basis matters, Isaiah 65, 17 through 25. Also, God has always wanted to do his redemptive work in partnership with human beings. Genesis 45, 4 through 11. And the very purpose of our salvation is to do good works, including the work we do in our office or in our home, Ephesians 2, 10. So what you can see by this, what Jordan Rayner is trying to portray is that work is not bad. Work is a part of what we do. God actually created us to work, right? And so when we work, we are supposed to do it for the glory of God. And that means having joy in everything that we do. It means doing our best where we are. It doesn't mean that we are outwardly always sharing the gospel. Now we can do that with our actions and we can do it with our words and we should be doing that. But that's not, you don't have to be a missionary in order to do godly work, right? So what does it look like to have godly desires in your work as an entrepreneur? Here are some things that it looks like. Making sure you're bringing God into your decision-making asking for directions, seeking the betterment of others over your own financial gain. Those are godly desires in your work. Now, what's the opposite of that? Leaving God at the door of your business saying, bye, you're not a part of my business. (laughs) Always seeking more accolades, never being satisfied, putting yourself first in everything, not caring how it will affect others. These are worldly desires. Bringing God into your work is godly desire. Letting him have the wheel, letting him take control, having him pave the path for you. I'm sure you've heard Psalm 37, 4. Take delight in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. This verse is taken out of context often in the church to put worldly desires before godly ones. But what is the root of this verse? It's saying that when we delight in the Lord, he will align our hearts with his. Just like he did with me for my love for Josh. Like it went from a friendship to a marriage. And that's because I delighted it in the Lord and he gave me his desires, right? It doesn't mean he'll give us everything we ask for. That's the, this verse taken out of the context. That's this verse in the prosperity gospel. Take delight in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. So now you can have health and wealth and accolades. No, no, no. That's not what this verse means. It means that he will change our hearts to better align with his if we ask him. Our desires will become godly desires, serving him rather than the world. 
Okay, so we've talked about the difference between them. We've gotten into examples. We've talked about business. So um, let's wrap this up by talking about five keys to knowing you're on the right path. The first key is clarity of purpose. If you have a clear understanding of your purpose and are pursuing it with passion and diligence, you are likely on the right path. It's important to ensure that your purpose aligns with your values, strengths, and talents. Now, here's a practical tip. Journaling. Writing down your purpose, values, and goals in a journal can help you gain clarity and identify areas where you may need to make adjustments. You can also reflect on your inner peace and contentment and take note of any signs of growth and impact in your life. All right, number two, inner peace. That can help you see that you're on the right path. If you feel a sense of inner peace and contentment about the direction you're taking, it really is a sign. When you are aligned with God's will, you can trust that he will guide you in the right direction. How can you do this? Surrounding yourself with like-minded people. It's important to surround yourself with people who share your values and can offer support and encouragement along the way. Joining a community or a group of like-minded women can help you stay on track and provide accountability as you're working on your business. All right, the third key to knowing you're on the right path, alignment with God's word. If your desires and actions align with the teachings of God's word, and I hope that you're in there studying it, you can be confident that you're on the right path. Seek God's wisdom and guidance through prayer and study of the Bible. That's the only place that you are going to find that truth that you need and find that truth for yourself. Uh, Proverbs 3, 5 through 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him and he will make your paths straight. This is one of my favorite verses. And here's a practical tip. Having a daily quiet time. It could be five minutes. It could be an hour. I don't care how long it is. It's just taking time out to be with the Lord. Take time every day to pray, to meditate, and study the Bible. And that can help you stay aligned with God's will and seek his guidance and wisdom. You can use this time to reflect on your purpose and desires and ask God to reveal any areas where you may need to surrender. It's a great time to ask him to come into your business that day, to ask him, what is it that, what's the most important thing that I need to do today? Romans 12, 2 says, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. And I'm telling you, this is a this is my theme verse for Red Hot Mindset. Um, so my business brand, this is the theme verse. That's how we test and approve God's will. All right, key number four, I believe we're on, and that is fruitfulness. If your pursuits are bearing good fruit and positively impacting the lives of others, it's a sign that you are on the right path. Look for evidence of growth, impact, and positive change in your life and the lives of those around you. That is a clear sign. So what can you do to um, see if you have fruitfulness? Regular assessment. What I want you to do is regularly assess your progress and reflect on your actions and outcomes. And this can help you identify areas where you may need to make adjustments. This can include reviewing your goals, seeking feedback from others, reflecting on your impact on those around you. But regular assessment is important. It doesn't have to be weekly, but it could be um, monthly at least. But really just take time to reflect and see what is working, what is not. Am I bearing fruit? And fifth, surrender. If you have surrendered your plans and desires to God and you are willing to follow his lead, you are on the right path. Guess what that means? It means sometimes pivoting. It means sometimes doing things that we don't understand or that we're like, what, what do you want me to do? I don't understand. Are you sure you want me to do that? Right. But trusting that God's plans 
for you are greater than your own and allowing him to guide you every step of the way. What is something that we can do? Well, sometimes seeking professional help is how we surrender. So if you're struggling to gain clarity or feel like you're not making progress toward your goals, seeking professional help from a coach or a counselor can really be beneficial. Now, making sure they align with your values, right, and godly desires. Um, I would say if you're a Christian, make sure you go to a Christian. But they can offer guidance and support as you navigate your path and help you identify areas for growth and development. Colossians 3, 23 through 24 says, whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for human masters, since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward. It is the Lord Christ you are serving. And that is the ultimate in your business, in your work, in your home life. It is the Lord Christ you are serving. Now, we are in it for eternal rewards, not worldly ones. Yes, again, you may be able to have wealth, but we're not seeking wealth, right? We're not idolizing it. If we have more wealth, we can do good things with it. And God has called some of us to have that so that we can impact others in a financial way, but we're in it for eternal rewards. Matthew 6, says, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well. Understanding the difference between godly desires and worldly desires is crucial in discerning the right path to follow. By seeking clarity of purpose, inner peace, alignment with God's word, fruitfulness, and surrender, we can ensure that we are on the right path toward fulfilling our God-given purpose. As you reflect on your desires and goals, may you seek God's guidance through prayer and meditation on his word. Trust that he will lead you toward the path that aligns with his will and brings glory to his name. This week, I want to encourage you to reflect on your own desires and seek God's guidance. Ask him to align your heart with his and give you the desires he has for you. They are always the best plans and they always turn out the best. All right, I want to just pray with you before I let you go. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for this time that we've had together um, just kind of going over what the difference is between worldly and godly desires and what you want from us in our work. And I pray that this week, as we reflect on this and as we look into our own motivations, our own lives, that we will see if there are any flaws, if there's anything that we need to surrender to you this this week, Lord, if it's our work, if it's our life, if it's our kids, if it's our family, whatever it is, that we are willing and wholeheartedly trusting you in the path you are leading us, knowing that your desires, your plans are always the best, whether we have challenges in them, whether we don't understand it, things don't always come together the way that we see, but we know that you are working all things for your good and your glory. And I thank you for that in Jesus name. Amen. In all things I pray, friend, you just run your race. I believe in you. Thank you so much for joining me today. I had a great time and I hope you did too. Before we go though, make sure you follow the podcast on your favorite listening platform if you haven't already. If you resonate with this episode, please consider leaving a review on iTunes or share it with a friend as this helps grow the podcast. Also, if you're not a part of Simplicity and Motherhood, consider joining us. It's a free online community built to provide support and encouragement so you can create balance and live intentionally as you go after your biggest goals, God's way. Head on over to redhotmindset.com for more resources and to find the link to join the community. In all things I pray, you just run your race. I believe in you.